You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. It's game week. The spring game will be here on Saturday. It's finally here. We got a little bit of football to talk to. Uh, Derek, how excited are you about this? Oh, you know, I got the whole bag of mixed emotions. I'm excited as can be to watch a spring game as always, but with excitement always comes the end of the spring, and that means we have five months of nothing, and I'm not looking forward to that. At least four months till fall, fall practices start up. So, uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm a little dreading that, but the, 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 the spring game itself I'm super excited for. Yeah, it's a big dead period for our favorite sport around here. Tyler, your thoughts? I'm pumped. It's year two of Frost. I'm, I'm excited to see what the development of these players have done. Um, they're coming back. I think you're going to see a lot more clicking on offense and defense, a lot of development. And, I, and I've been waiting to see this all of spring ball. These coaches don't give us much to really dig our teeth into during all of their uh, coach speech. So to actually get to see them, I, I'm really excited for. So we're about to dig into our spring game preview and we're going to talk about you know what what excites us the most about these different position groups here. Fortunately, the roster uh, was just released a couple hours ago, so we've had a little bit of time to look at that, and that kind of adds to the excitement. So, uh, Tyler, as we break down these position groups, and then we'll talk about the offense and defense at the end as a whole, uh, what excites you the most about this quarterback position group? Well, I'll tell you, I, I'm really excited to see luke mccaffrey play um you know i've been high on this kid you know since the day he committed i I foolishly said at one point in time well before the season that he could unseat the martinez obviously i no longer believe that but i do believe this kid is the future um i am pumped to see him play derek how much do you think adrian martinez is going to play this spring game uh, apparently not much, because apparently Luke McCaffrey's going to play the whole game. Seems how he's on both sides of the red and white. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't anticipate seeing a lot of Adrian Martinez, nor should we probably. We know what we're getting out of him. I think it's fun for the fans to at least see him for a few series. But there's no chance, there's no reason to risk his injuries either. I, I get it. So I think really the, the, whole, the whole thing with this quarterbacks this year is we know our starter, so who's going to be the backup? And we got a three-man race. Uh, I think the fact that Luke McCaffrey's on both both rosters, I think, to me, tells me that he must be leading for the backup role. Although I think the staff would really have to want to redshirt him. So I don't know how that's going to work. Tyler? Well, I, I, I guess the question I want to ask you guys is, so if you had a bet right now, what point in the game does Adrian Martinez go to the bench? Do you guys think first quarter, second quarter? Well, what do you third quarter? I mean, what are you guys seeing? When does he call it quits for the day? In in my eyes, if he's in the first series and he leads them down uh, for a touchdown, he's done. And looking at how this roster's kind of split up, it looks like basically all your ones and twos are on the red, and everybody else is on the white. He should have no problem storming down the field, uh, get scoring a t- uh, touchdown. Uh, but if he doesn't, maybe it's too serious, but 
there's no reason to keep him out there much longer than that, right? I, I would say you want him out there for probably two or three series. Uh, look, guys, I, I, some of these guys sitting out, and I, I think some of them are injured or whatever. We'll get into that later. But we were 4-8 and eight last year. I don't think really anybody can afford to stand out much for practices. Like, we, we need the practice. So I'm we not, do, but this is for the fans. I mean, I, this yeah. is just for the fans and the the players that will probably, you know, that aren't going to play much. You know, not, this is for them. I, I understand. The I understand that, but every little bit of practice you get is going to help. And I, I don't. Think, I don't think you can just play the guy for one series and call it good. I think you got to play him for at least two two series, maybe three. I think at the end of the first quarter, you're pulling him either way. But but don't you don't you think they got enough of that in the first fourteen practices? I don't know. I mean, I, I see. I, I'm going. I'm going over on both. I think he's going to be a three to four series guy. I think because because at, at all positions, quarterbacks they don't get touched in, in the spring game. So I think Frost is going to want to put a little bit of a show on for the fans. I, I think yeah, I'm going to go three series. I expect to see him play. Um, you know, if, if for some reason he's not as sharp, um, you might see a fourth series out of him, but. I think you're going to see a decent amount of him. I want to. I want to just want to talk about the backups there. We have Noah Vedral there on uh, the red. Uh, I guess you know backing up Adrian Martinez. How far do you think that separation is between Noah Vedral and Bunch, Derek? Probably not a lot. We've seen both of them play. Neither one of them impressed me a whole lot. Uh, I, I think they're probably. 2A and 2B, but the problem is I think McCaffrey may be unseating both of them the way it looks. I don't, And maybe I'm probably reading too much into him being on both rosters, but I just can't I can't figure out why you would have him on both rosters if you don't have that expectation for him, I guess. All right, well, let's move on to the running backs, and this running back uh, group looks really bare. You know, uh, Mo Washington, he had a court date today in California. Uh Looks like he pled not guilty to the charges, so uh, he will not be playing this Saturday, and his future's kind of up in the air right now as a Husker. And so uh, we got three guys coming in the, in the summer, uh, and so right now there's not a lot of guys. What, what do we have, like two scholarship players at running back right now? Uh, but we got Wyatt Missouri and Brody Belt. They're leading the Reds. Brody uh, Belt's a walk-on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, and you got uh, Miles Jones and Jalen Bradley on the whites. Uh, shit, I'm stealing your thunder. Uh, Derek, you talk about this running backs. Uh, well, you were doing a good job, really. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's a scary thought right now. I don't. I don't. I was. There was looked like there was some hope for uh, Jalen Bradley, but now he's on the whites. So that makes me assume he's not had the practice. I was hoping he was sounding like he was having. Uh, Brody Belt's the uh, go-to story. Everybody loves the Brody Belt. I, I'm a little concerned he's going to be the Wyatt Mazur of the past two springs. Uh, I, I'm assuming Dedrick Mills and uh, Ramirez Johnson are going to have to come in here and do something. Like If Washington's not playing, I, I don't know where, where else we're going to get some runs from. Runs? What is this, baseball? <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Hey, Tyler, go for it. Well, you know, Derek, I agree with you. I mean, I think you're going to expect those guys to come in and play. I think we've thought that all along. 
you know, Belk, I mean, God, the hype around that kid, you've got to, you've got to be excited to see what he brings. But, you know, to me, I think the one running back that's going to play on Saturday that I actually see really playing running back this fall and actually getting on the field is Wyatt Missouri. I, I think so. So seeing him, he's been a spring game favorite the last two years. This is his first chance, I think, to actually get some real reps uh, this fall. Um, so I, I'm excited and intrigued to see, you know, how good does he look more than just the five or six carries late in the spring game that he bust out. So he should get a lot more of a load this game. Um, and, and what does he look like going against the premier and with the best players? Well, you know, you know, you bring white Missouri up. And I, I mean, he has been kind of a spring game wonder. But, you know, we talk about replacing Divine Zigbo. How great of a story would it be? If this walk-on kid could be the replacement for Divine Zigbo and turn into that story, I mean, it would be a great story. I don't know if I see it happening, but it would be a great story for sure. Oh, absolutely. Hey, I just want to reiterate something uh, that was previously said, but I think it's very important here. On the red team for running back, Wyatt Missouri and Brody Belt, those are the running backs. And then on the white team, Miles Jones and Jalen Bradley, two guys that, well, especially Miles Jones, he had a lot of promise coming in, had a little bit of injuries last year, playing with the Whites. Jalen Bradley, which we heard a little bit about in uh, the spring, and it sounded like he was going to have his chance to shine. Both those guys are playing on the Whites, and that really concerns me. Uh, that is probably looking at the roster and how the Whites and Reds, how they're split up. This is the most confusing to me on the surface on the division of where these guys are. Am I wrong for thinking that, Tyler? Well, you know, on Miles Jones, I I read into this. This guy's been playing a lot of receiver. And and you forgot Moses Bryant, who's also on the uh, Whites. Um, For people that don't know, Moses Bryant was a very highly touted high school player out of Nebraska. Came in, um, he played running back, did very well, came to Nebraska, moved to DB, and they moved him back. And I kind of read into like the Moses Bryant, Miles Jones, that they haven't really been at running back the whole time. And that probably has affected their depth a little bit. I think they're there for emergencies right now, just in case these freshmen and summer kids don't uh, pan out. But you're right, Jalen Bradley, you know, I'm shocked that he isn't at least a both roster type guy. I, I would have expected to see him on both sides. Um you, you kind of wonder, where is he at right now? Any but, other thoughts on that, Derek? Oh, oh no, I mean, you want, you want to get into Jalen Bradley. I mean, absolutely there's a lot of concern there. I mean, you know, Ryan Held came out and called him out personally. Like, he needs to have a big spring. And the fact that he's not in the Reds makes me think he's not having a good spring. We haven't heard yeah, a lot you're about right. him. I mean... It, it, but it, I think it is a big deal that Ryan Held called him out, and he's not he's not answering the call. It, it seemed like he did put him on notice, and there, there's no more of a. There, this is like the bet the best opportunity that this kid can have to come in with, uh, with the depth issues right there. So I, I'm rooting for but, the guy. But, he's, but he's maybe maybe kid. maybe he shows up in the spring game and is with those whites, and maybe he has a really good game against what looks like the number one defense and maybe you see a little bit of him that you have a little bit of faith and the coaches see a little bit out of him and 
You know, and that's what's cool about this game is it'll give them a chance to shine a little bit. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers. Uh, there's uh, We talked about the wide receivers a little bit last week, so uh, let, let's carry on with, uh, with that. Uh, Tyler, you're up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the wide receivers, I think when you look at this, one of the interesting things is you're not going to see a Robinson at wide receiver. You're not going to see J.D. Spielman. Both of them are being held out. Miles Jones, who's practiced a lot of the spring at wide receiver, as discussed, is going to be running back. So I, I don't know how much of a look you're going to get at what a wide receiver core is going to look like. But, I mean, I'll tell you, kind of looking at the most interesting thing to me is the fact that McQuitty is back on the white. And you yeah. talk about another guy. I, I don't know if this was a BS conversation we had offline, but there was a point in time we were debating who's more likely to be a contributor, McQuitty or Bradley. And right now, that looks like a stupid argument we had. So hopefully we didn't do that one on the podcast. Hey, you know what? Actually, it's kind of looking equal. They're both sitting there on the whites, and it's surprising. Uh, Derek. You know, um, you know I've, I've listened to Mr. Walters plenty of this during this spring. And, you know, uh, I'm excited to see what Andre Hunt can do. I am truly excited to see what he can do. Uh, I'm excited to see if Jerome Woodyard can actually step up after being a year in this system. I'm excited to see if Mike Williams' blocking has gotten better. Uh, I'm, I'm disappointed in not being able to see Wondell Robinson and J.D. Spielman. I don't think they needed a lot of time. But I think, especially Wondell Robinson, I think fans would have really loved to have seen him a little bit. I under, Again, I understand not wanting to risk further injury if that's really the case. Uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of wide receivers on this on this roster, but I think those are the top ones you're, you're everybody's watching for. And you know, like Tyler, like you said, McQuitty's on the white team. I think I think he's just kind of gone to the wayside, and I don't know if anybody's really anticipating seeing him much again in this fall. You know, it was funny because last year during the spring he he came out the hero. Like every we all sat here and talked about, oh man, McQuitty looks so good. And then he struggled in the fall. I think he said they said he was injured a little bit at part of it. I don't know. At any rate, he came back in the spring and doesn't appear to be doing anything. And I, I hope the best for kid. I'll root for him. I always liked McQuitty, but it really doesn't look like he's got really much of a shot to be any kind of a factor in this offense. Yeah, I'm just going to add real quick. I'm to echo what you guys are saying. It's it's really sad that we're missing out on Wandale Robinson. I mean, he's he's our uh, I think Ryan Held referred to him as our coolest toy, you know, uh, back in the winter. But, uh, you know, J.D. Spielman, that dude can sit. We know what he can bring to the table. But looking at the rest of these names on the red team, uh, episode 121, I believe, we gave our uh, our offensive depth chart. And the wide receivers all on the red team, uh, they're basically, those are the guys that we thought were going to play uh, as our ones and twos. And uh, one thing that I, I'm really interested about is what Cade Warner's role is going to be moving forward in this offense. Uh, he was a guy that came in, he, he filled a position when uh, Tajon Lindsay couldn't fill the position, uh, but he never really broke out as a playmaker. He was a crowd favorite because, you know, he's a walk-on and who he is, but uh I'm not hearing a lot of them. Derek, you're talking about Andre Hunt. Andre Hunt, he seems like the guy that he's primed for a, a one spot. And 
So J.D. Spielman, we think that Wandale Robinson is going to be a one. And, you know, J.D. Spielman, Andre Hunt, and Wandale Robinson. Where's Cade Warner fit? So that, that's what's interesting to me. I want to see what uh, strides Cade Warner has made uh, up against these other guys that uh, are looking to surpass him. Uh, let's move on to tight ends. The tight ends, you know, Jack Stoll, he's going to be sitting out. Uh, but we have Austin Allen and Kurt Raftall sitting in the reds. Uh, kind of what we thought. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about this tight end group? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think we're all very optimistic about the tight end position. Um, I'm excited to see if we get to see any, you know, I know they're going to be vanilla. I think anyone who's expecting a lot of them showing a lot is probably mistaken, but I am interested to see, do we see much two tight end fronts? Do we see any, you know, Austin Allen out in wide formation? Do we get to see any kinks with these tight ends? Because, you know, I think I have the speculation that there's going to be a big role for these tight ends to play. Um, you look at someone like Legron, um, and what, you know, you've heard some good talk about him being as approved a tight end as we have. You know, so you look at you possibly have four really good tight ends on this roster. Um, what 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 do we do to get them on the field? And do we get to see a little bit of that in the spring game? Derek? Oh, absolutely. Katerian Legron, I think, is the main story to me in, the, in this whole deal, other than the fact that, again, our top player is sitting out because I don't – apparently he must be injured. I don't know. Wink, wink, injured. I, I don't know. It seems kind of weird to me, some of these guys sitting out. But <laughs> – Whatever. Uh, uh, Katerian Legron, you know, I, uh, Sean Becton has just had nothing but the best of things to say about this kid. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I think we know what we're getting out of Austin Allen. Kurt Raftel, I'd like to see some improvement out of. Uh, he did good last year, but I think he could have done better. He, they could have definitely found a bigger role for all the tight ends last year. I think towards the end of the year, they started getting some tight ends in the roles better. But uh, I think that'd be kind of curious to see what kind of roles maybe they have for these guys in the spring. All right, Derek, uh, let's talk about the offensive line here. Uh, with the roster developments that we have here, uh, what excites you about the offensive line in the spring game? Well, I, th- I think really when it comes down to it, there's really only two positions you're really watching. That's center and the other guard opposite of Bo Wilson. Uh I think it's telling that Cam Jurgens and Trent Hickson have both been the, playing with the ones every time the media has seen them. I think it's uh, telling that they're not playing on both sides of the ball where a lot of the other offensive linemen are. And maybe that's a depth issue, but again, it's it's interesting that they're not doing it. So that tells me they're probably going to expect them to play for most of the game, I think. Uh, we're going to see what kind of explosiveness we're going to get out of Cam Jurgens. You know, Scott Frost is just ood and odd over this guy, and he's just been the most explosive offensive lineman he's ever seen. And blah blah blah. We'll see if he actually can live up to this kind of hype. I still feel he's a little undersized at two eighty, uh, but maybe under Scott Frost's offense, maybe that's not a bad size with him trying to pull a center as much as they do. Tyler, you're the offensive lineman of the group. Well, I, you know, I, I, you know, Cam Jurgens. I think his development at center is he going to be the starter? You know, right now, I think you got to look at the signs. Yes, he is the leading guy. I, Derek, I'm with you. There's doubt in mind there, um, but I'm going to look at that guard. You look at Hickson. 
you know, it looks like he is being that one spot. But, I mean, you you move uh, Citroen from tackle to guard. How is that development played? Um, you have Raritan behind him. I mean, both of those guys I see could still go into the fall and compete. So I think you're going to really see, you know, maybe getting the first glimpses of can someone overtake Hickson as that starter? Because right now he is penciled in, and you hope he's not another Cole Conrad type guy. Like, you hope that he's a legit player instead of just a guy that kind of knows the role and can fill it because, you know, we have two pretty good um, talents or prospects behind them. And, you know, what does that shakeup look like by the time it's done? Um, you bo- you'd expect both Raritan and Citroen to get a lot of playing time since they're on both sides. So I, I, I expect to see them play a lot and I'm excited to see what they can bring if they could compete for the starting spot. All right, so my new thing, I think, is going to be trying to come up with a conspiracy theory every episode. This week, my conspiracy theory, well, I don't know the conspiracy theory, but, but did the coaching staff tip their hand by releasing this roster for the spring game? Uh, by that, I mean, on the red team, there's 10 offensive linemen. There's only five guys that are not bouncing over to the whites. And that is Cameron Jurgens, Bo Wilson, Matt Farniok, Trent Hickson, and Brendan Imus. Are those your five starters? And is that what the coaching staff is telling us? We got guys John Raritan, Will Farniok, Matt Sichterman, AJ Forbes, and Christian Gaylord bouncing over to the Whites, but none of those guys. Derek, am I onto something? No. You're no you never are. <laughs> Look, everybody remember this is spring. The the real competition is gonna happen in the fall. That's where we're really gonna start figuring out starters. Like right now, I mean, you're gonna win. You might win, have one or two battles, one in the spring, but most generally speaking, your your battles are all one in the fall. So it does look like maybe they could have tipped their hand a little bit on that, but I think they tipped their hand. With, I think they kind of tipped their hand with the media. Like every time the media is welcomed in, these all five of these guys are the ones in the in the playing with the ones. So I thought they tipped their hand a long time ago with that, but okay. Derek or Tyler? Sorry, not Justin. I mean, let's let's mark the moment in the episode because Justin said something smart. Doesn't happen often, but I, I agree with you. I think these are the starting five. I think now, does that mean they're locked in stone? No, I don't think anyone's reading into that. But I think if if the coaches had to play a game today, that would be your starting five. I think is evident by the fact they're not playing both ways. It's evident by what Derek said in the spring. So I, I I do think that's right now who your starting five is. Now, is that a lock? Hell no. Yeah. The, the other thing that I would be curious, and I don't think we're going to see it, but would we see it, any scenario of Farniak playing guard? Um, you know, we've heard that rumor, him moving inside. You know, I don't know. It doesn't sound like he's practiced there much, if any. Um, the reports have been very limited, if it's true. But there's been a lot of rumors of him playing guard, natural position, and because of the limited linemen, do you see a little shake up there and then maybe trying to get him a couple reps at guard and maybe playing Gaylord at the other tackle spot? Absolutely not. The, the only way, the only situation that I see him moving to guard at this point is if Bryce Benhart comes in the summer and tears it up. But to expect a true freshman to come in and start at, a, at an offensive tackle spot is not very likely. So I, I, I don't personally see him moving inside. 
because I don't think we have another tackle that can take a spot. You're probably right, Derek, but the coaches have really alluded to the fact that they, they feel like they can play the five best linemen. And, and if a scenario comes, whether it be, you know, Bryce coming in or Gaylord stepping up or whatever, and you look at, yeah, you know, Hickson may not be one of the five best linemen. Um, you know, Farniak moving inside seems a lot more natural than Gaylord, uh, you know, him moving inside. I, I just, I wonder, I don't know if you're going to see it in the spring game. I don't know if you're ever going to see it, frankly. But if if an injury were to happen or the coaches really start evaluating that other guard spot, which is, to me, that and center are the two big holes on line, I, I, I wonder if they try to do something a little bit different there. Well, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Let's stick with the big heavies here. Let's talk about defensive line. Uh, Tyler, you're up. You know, I I think one of the big things this uh, fall has been the Daniels, uh, you know, especially Darian coming in. You know, what what is he going to bring? This is going to be my first real look at him. I can't say I saw him at Oklahoma State at all. Um, You know, that pinky injury really affected his career down there. So, well, what does he bring to the table? This is the first time seeing him. He he's a guy I think I got penciled in as my starting interior lineman. So, um, you know, what what am I expecting to see from him? Um, this defensive line group looks stout. I mean, you look at these guys that are playing. You know, kudos to like a kid like Casey Rogers. Um, you know, he's on both sides. I mean, he's really appeared to step it up. Um, you know, but you have the normal names, the Davis twins. You have. Ben Stilley, Damian Daniels, DeAndre Thomas, you, you're stacked at this position group right now. Um, so Darian's kind of the wild card of how good is he going to be? Derek? Uh, my, my biggest thing with defensive line right now isn't as much the players as it is as coaching. You know, we're going on our fourth defensive line coach in five years. Uh, is Tony Fuyoti, is he as advertised? Is he doing as good of a job as everybody makes it sound like he is? Uh, is, is he making this defensive line gel better than what they did the last couple of years? Uh, we just hired a new uh, grad assistant in former Oregon outside linebacker Tony Washington to, to help out with the defensive line. Maybe he's coming in and helping a little bit. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'd be curious to see if there's any any technique changing or if he's just trying to actually continue building where Dawson left off. Because if there's a lot of change going on with what he's trying to teach or what Dawson was trying to teach, I think this I think the D line could struggle again this year. So I, th- I think the D line is solid, but I, I want to add this. I probably should have brought this up, but when the offensive line we were discussing that. But looking at the red team, who's on? Uh, who are starting guys are on the red team uh, red offensive line compared to the guys starting on defensive line on the white team? Talk about a complete mismatch. I mean, it, it's pro, it's like Bethune Cookman mismatch. It's uh, it is going to be so bad. Our I have a feeling that our running game is we're going to get all hyped up that our offensive line is going to be looking really good because of the guys that we have on defensive line. They're on the white team. Huge mismatch. So uh, I think it's probably going to be better for the defensive line on the red team. I, th- I think. Uh, they, I mean, they should shut down the uh, wide offensive line easy just looking at the guys that are on there. But I don't know how much we're going to really know about the lines in this game at all. 
it, it's it's kind of embarrassing the way that they they're matched up this way, right? Isn't this pretty typical for a spring? I mean, every spring we do this. We watch the game and the Reds just beat the hell out of the Whites, and the offense is great, and the defense looks great, and we get hyped about it every year. And we never know what's really we going to happen. We're not going to learn anything more this year than we did any other year. I don't think we're going to learn any less this year than we did any other year either, though. Yeah, but, I, I get but, it. I, but Justin, I'll also say I'm excited to see what Baja brings. It looks like he's playing both teams. You know, he came in a transfer from Hawaii, right? It was Hawaii he came from? Utah. No, Utah. Uh, Utah, okay. Um, he, he came over and, you know, a lot of hype around him. You look at him playing there, Deshaun Neal, you know, Casey Rogers has mentioned. I mean, there's going to be some players playing on the whites that I think decently highly of Damian Jackson. I, you'll see him get some reps in there. I mean, you know, Tate Wildman's out, which is probably a little kink there, but um, I, I I don't think this is an epic mismatch, mainly because I'm not overly sold on this offensive line. I think our third-string defensive line can give our first-string offensive line a little run for their money. I, I, well, I think that's where I'm coming from. I mean, may, maybe not sold on them, but I think we're going to have a lot of false expectations seeing what they're going to do. Unless Deshaun Nail and Vaha, unless they start there on the white team, which they but you probably would assume they would. Yeah, the, yeah, I, I agree. But Justin, let me ask you it this way: Yeah, what what are you going to feel if you watch this offensive line first team? not dominate this defensive line because oh, is that is goodness. because i again i i think we got players we got good depth at defensive line i i'm i don't think it's a foregone conclusion that you're gonna see giant holes open up i think i mean they're they're gonna win first team o-line is gonna win this battle but man i i'm not convinced this is gonna be a bethune cookman type situation I will say this. If the offensive line struggles against the white defensive line, avoid Twitter because Twitter will completely implode. There. Twitter, I mean, Twitter it, can implode anyway. There's going to be, right. there, there'll be some stuff that happens. I, you know, a Vaha Vanuku will get a tag, get a sack or, or he'll get yeah. in a backfield and blow running back up and whatever, whoever. I'm not saying it necessarily be him. Maybe it's Deshaun Neal. I don't know. But it, something will happen. Everybody will overreact to it. Like again, this is what we do. So, what, what, this is why we're fans. We overreact yeah. to spring games. Well, well, what what I could what I could really see happening is Damian Jackson making a couple plays, and we all love Damian Jackson. I think absolutely. we would all love to see him get on the field at some point. You know, but I could see this guy make a couple plays. You want to talk about Twitter overreaction? Man, if he makes a couple plays, there will be people penciling him as a starter by the end of the spring game. That happens. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, that's what happens. But, uh, okay, so after I kind of derailed that, I, I kind of want to say what I'm excited about, and it it is Darian Daniels. I want to see if this guy is the real deal. I want to see him blow it, blow up the middle. Uh, hopefully he can do that. You know, he's got to replace uh, Carlos or uh, Khalil Davis there that played nose last year. Uh, see if he earns it. I mean, that's it will be fun to watch, but given competition, I don't know. Col- I guess I'm a pessimist there. Let's, uh, let's, let's just hope pinky stays healed. <laughs> I, I broke my pinky. That shit hurts. Oh, my God. Cut it off. Just, <laughs> off just cut it off. You don't need a pinky for anything. The only thing you do with your pinky is, like, tip it up in the air when you drink out of a glass. I mean... <laughs> 
Right there. Yeah. You drink your bourbon with your finger in the air. All right. Hey, let's move on to linebackers. We'll group uh, inside linebackers and outside linebackers together. Uh, we're kind of depleted there in the middle, Derek, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. Especially with the news that came out today with Nick Hendrick being hurt. He's going out with surgery. He's going to be out till at least the start of the season. They're hoping they can get him back by the start of the season. Uh, you know, we're, we got a lot of we got some walk-ons in there, but other than that, we've got Colin Miller and Mo Berry. That's it. Uh, Honus, he's he's out. I mean, he's not. He's been practicing a little bit, but he hasn't done any contact. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, we're ba- we've basically got two inside linebackers right now. So, Jackson Hanna, if you're still listening, be ready to play because we need you, bud. Tyler? Well, so uh, let me ask you this question. Are you guys reading anything in the Will Honus not playing? I mean, I know they're holding a lot of guys out, and it seems a lot of precautionary, but, man, this guy's coming off the ACL. I really was hoping to see him play. And Derek looking at me like Will Honus is suiting up and playing. No. No, no. Why would you have him play with a torn ACL like six months later? He needs oh. he needs the next six months. Because he's been practicing. He's been practicing. But he hasn't had any contact. He's had no contact whatsoever. He's so done he's done so drills, good. but he's had no contact. They, you so can't you can't suit that guy up. You, okay. I mean, what, what? So six months is that is that about right? So October is when he tore the yeah. So seven months in of a torn ACL. I mean, he's not unless he's Adrian Peterson. Months, man. Unless it's Adrian Peterson who came back that fast, but there's very few guys that can come back that quick. I mean, I, I mean, but uh, point is the depth is so concerning right now at inside linebacker. Um, you know, it, it is, it is like this hole on this team. I, I had made the take a while ago. I think via text message, I thought Muhammad Barry should sit out because I think he's as invaluable of a player as we have. But frankly, if we didn't play him, we'd have no bodies to go out there and play. Like well, you have to play the guy. If Jacob Winemaster was still here, I mean, Barry could sit. <laughs> yeah, he could take a rest. Well, we could just put Jacob Winemaster in and play both spots. We'd probably be okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> if Jacob Winemaster was here, we just need one inside linebacker. That's it. But no, I mean, hey, and lo- looking at these guys, you know, I, I kind of joke when I say this, but for some reason, when I look at the inside linebackers on this roster, you know, it's kind of like the movie Major League when they're like, what the fuck are these guys, you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oops. Hey, Two weeks in a row. Yeah, delete it out. All right, delete it later. No, but, but, but we can't leave linebacker. You know, one thing no. I'm excited for is Breon D- Dixon is with the Reds, and there's been a lot of speculation, where is this guy in this rotation? I have I had him pitzled as a starter. I'm quickly backtracking off that because I don't believe that. But, you know, until we see the Reds line up, we don't know. I mean, I, I'm excited to see this outside linebacker depth. You know, and, and I will also say this. I know there's a lot of concern with where we are inside linebacker depth. There hasn't been a lot of talk about moving a couple of these guys inside. Man, I think these coaches, they're going to need to, whether it be a, a Dixon or – you're going to have to move a couple of these guys inside to fill the roster. Well, you're going to move right? Breon Dixon to the inside linebacker? Okay, maybe not him. Alex Dave, I don't care. I mean, you really want to ride with just Colin Miller and Muhammad Barry? Well, I, I, think no, no. I, I think they're looking at a transfer portal. I think they're looking at some inside linebackers they can bring in as graduate transfers. They, I don't think they're sitting on their hands, guys. I, I, they're looking actively, I think. 
I don't think I, I uh, Barrett Root, as a matter of fact, I think he even came out and said that if they could find the right fit, they would go the graduate transfer route. So I, I think that's the big thing with inside linebackers: just can we, can we find that that right guy from in the transfer portal? Uh, well, I, I get it. You know, you, you, we talked about Nick Henrich and Will Honus being hurt. You know, we got Jackson Hanna; he's coming in. But Tyler, looking just looking at what we have at outside linebacker. Is there any guy there that even has the body type to play inside linebacker? I, I mean, we we already have Colin Miller kind hey, of he put, moved there. I mean, put JoJo Doman in there; he can play anywhere. Yeah, he can play anywhere. <laughs> uh, back to the outside linebacker for a second. You know, uh, one name Tyler didn't bring up. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see what Alex Davis is going to do because everybody talks about how much he's improved. So I think that's a huge one I'd really like to see. But the, the guy I really want to see is the guy everybody's just blowing up on Twitter, talking about how fiery this guy is, and uh, Garrett Nelson. Man, yeah. there seems to be a lot of love going around for that kid. Uh, so I'm excited, I, I, I'm excited I'm to see him. And they have him on the reds and the whites, so I'm hoping we get to see a lot of him. I still think he'll probably redshirt because I, I think there's so much depth at the outside linebacker. But I'm excited to see if he, if he can hold up to the, some of the hype. All right, let's move I, on. I, I'm not. Oh. I, I'm going to say I'm not convinced Garrett Nelson is going to redshirt. Um, I'm really not because there is a lot of hype. And Derek, that is a great take because I I am so excited for him. Of players that I wasn't super high on three months ago, there is no player that has moved up my excitement more, board more than Garrett Nelson. Mm-hmm. Gotta love that he's a Nebraska kid. What you're hearing about practice, you're going to see a lot of him. Because he's playing both sides, so you're probably going to see a ton of him. I am pumped to see what he brings because I think this guy could play next year. I'm buying stock in Garrett Nelson right now. Well, for for what it's worth, I believe he was one of my uh, incoming freshmen to watch that showed up early in the spring when we did that one a few about a month ago. So check the tape. I don't believe him. Check pretty, the tape. Pretty sure I did. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the secondary grouping uh, uh, safeties and cornerbacks together. Tyler, you're up. You know, I, I think what you got to look for here is guys like Eric Lee and Cam Taylor. Um, I think we know who our starter is going to be at all. You know, the two starting safeties, the two starting uh, corners. I think we know where we are with them. What does Eric Lee and Cam Taylor bring in that safety role if they get to play that? I, I do they translate well there? Do they look natural? Do they get in the box that they need to? Um, because I think you're looking at both those guys playing potentially safety and corner this fall. Um, you know, we, we're still bringing in some freshmen still, but what do they bring in that safety role um, is really what I'm intrigued for. Derek? Well, you talk about uh, Eric Lee moving over to safety. That concerns me a little bit. I don't – I mean – he wasn't a great cornerback, and that was what he was supposed to be. I don't, I don't know if he moves into safety and turns into something great. But Cam Taylor, this kid's the one that I want, that I want to see. I want to see this kid play. You know, he he's playing nickelback. He's playing cornerback. He's playing safety. This kid is playing everywhere. He's getting, the, the, the staff has no problem lining him up anywhere. And, you know, he's, he, he's becoming one of the leaders on this defense. And remember, guys, he was a quarterback in high school. He wasn't even a defensive back in high school. He was the quarterback, so he's just learning how to play how to play defensive back. And he's coming in and being and being this impactful. 
And his is this his, I believe this is his first spring. I know he was here for last fall, but I think this is his first spring here. Uh, so, so for him to be picking stuff up this quickly shows you what his football IQ is. And uh, I, I'm, I'm super excited to see what he can do. Uh, I, I'm a little disappointed we don't get to see C.J. Smith or uh, Cameron Jones, especially Cameron Jones. He's got some academic issues, I guess. But it sounded like before his academic issues came out, it sounded like he was having a pretty good spring. Uh, so hopefully he can get that figured out and, by fall, we got him playing a little bit, too. Yeah, along with C.J. Smith and Cameron Jones, Braxton Clark is also sitting out out of the secondary. Uh, the things that I'm really excited to see is just is if Lamar Jackson can continue his hot streak. I've been probably a lot more critical of Lamar Jackson than you two have uh, over you know, the last couple of years. Uh, he did turn it on last fall, uh, the second half of the last fall. And uh, you got to give it to him the way he battled back after being benched and came back and had a really good year. I, I want to see if he can keep up the intensity and really keep that starting job all year long. Uh, we'll probably do this a little bit later, but is, is this a guy that could champion or get on the, uh, an all-conference type of scoreboard, you know? Is he that type of player? I, I don't know if he is, but... Uh, he had a lot of stuff coming out of high school as being a four star. It wasn't great for you know two and a half years, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Go ahead. Uh, well, you know, uh, yeah, I thought I found it interesting that uh, DiCaprio Boodle had come out, I believe, a week ago and talked about how how many interceptions some of these guys have had, and Decap is sitting at like I think one interception on the spring, but. They asked him who was leading, and the first person he brought up was Lamar Jackson. He said he thinks he's got about four already. So, I mean, it seems to me like he's still improving in the spring. Uh, Decap apparently still breaking up passes. I mean, apparently still don't know how to catch a pass. I mean, they might have to find him, <laughs> they might have to find him some stick him. I don't know. <laughs> Leave him alone. Tyler? Well, so, so kind of rounding out, you know, we've kind of read into this red-white depth chart a little bit, and I think one of the more interesting things is – the fact that Ethan Cox and Jeremy Stovall are with the Whites. I know, Justin, you've been super high on Ethan Cox. Yeah, he started, one point he started time, for the Reds last year. I, I think at one point in time you had him as like a future Heisman contender, which was really weird because uh, he's a defensive not. back. But but I know you love him, and the fact that he's been replaced by, Sto- uh, by Tony Butler and, um, and Lane McCollum. I, I never heard of that guy, and the fact that he's taking sto- uh, the red spot away from Ethan Cox, I don't know if you want to read too much into that, but, um, yeah, that that is kind of interesting to see where we are exactly with their depth at defensive back. Way to shit on a guy by shitting on me, you know? <laughs> or way to shit on me by shitting on a guy. I mean, I, whatever way you want to look at it. There's a lot of shit flying around. Uh, it is. I, I want to ask you guys a little question on this one. Uh so, Travis Fisher, I like Travis Fisher. I, I think he's a good coach. Uh, but he, he comes out continuously, week, week in and week out, talking about how nobody's job is safe and everybody has to watch out for their job. I understand he's trying to get everybody to compete on every snap, every play, every down. You know, I, I understand that. But is there a point where you've reiterated this too much and you start taking away some of the motivation? 
I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I, I don't know how much is coach speaking. I don't know what's being said behind doors, but you know, uh, I, I don't know. Tyler, what do you think? You know, for whatever level of success I had in football, which is not much, I, I just think put myself in all state, Mister All State. And I think if I put myself in my coach my senior year, came out and said, "Yeah, your job's not safe. You're you you know you're not safe." I I don't know how I would have responded to that. You know, there's something about seeing your name as a leader on that starting lineup. I mean, I remember. You know, I have to be the. I remember the moment that my coach mentioned me to a media outlet. I remember that, like, yeah, I'm the guy. I have the confidence. You have a certain level of leadership there, and and you, the fact that Travis Fisher seems to kind of keep like, yeah, no one's job safe. How, how do if you're Lamar Jackson and everything that kid has been through, being bet, he's already gone through the humility stage. Now mm-hmm. let's build him up, give the guy confidence not to make a mistake out there. I mean. Let, let him go full-fledged in there and not be worried about, man, if I jump a pass and I miss it, I'm going to get benched. Like, I I, I don't like I, – I honestly, I think – I wish he'd come out with the – and say, yeah, I've got my guys. I know my four starters right now. Man, I'm looking to see who's going to step up behind them. Yeah. I, I'm a little more with you, Justin. Like, I, I don't know how to read this. Uh, different strokes for different folks, right? Like, maybe this motivates – Cam Taylor, but maybe it's not motivating Lamar Jackson. I, and behind closed doors, who knows what's being said? Maybe behind closed doors, Travis Fisher's telling Lamar Jackson, "Hey, you the man, you the man. You're you're here. You're you're you're, you're my starter." But in the media, he's telling him, "You know, we no, we everybody's got to." He maybe it is all coach speak, but at some point, I think I mean the players hear it too. They, they, they're not they're, they hear all this media crap too. It's not. Like just fans sit here and listen to this. The, fa- the, the players do too. I I could do a little less with that. <laughs> it's but, it's it's kind of silly. DiCaprio Boodle was an All Conference player last year, and for him to go out there and say nobody his, his job isn't safe, really, an All Conference guy, his job's not safe. I mean, how much is that coach speak? I mean, it, but but at the same, but at the, really at the same time, he's saying that they're not labeled as just cornerbacks because they need to learn how to play safety too. So he says this stuff, and then he comes. They come out and say that Lamar, uh, Eric Lee moved to safety. Well, of course he moved to safety because you got every defensive back playing every position, right? Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Like, I, I am not a cornerback. Never, never could be one. To have no idea. Really, don't know from a technical standpoint how different safety and corner is. But is, is that simple enough to say, hey? Yeah, you, you can play defensive back, you can play safety, you can play corner. It doesn't really matter. Is, is it that simple? Well, let's put it this way. Guys that are coming out of high school, uh, it, it's not uncommon for a true freshman cornerback or wide receiver or cornerback or safety to, to crack the field. I mean, I, I think the learning curve is less as long as you're football savvy. I mean, athletically. Well, I, I think yeah, that, that's I, a, I think athletically they're the same. It's just the, the it's, it's, a, it's a matter of learning zone coverage where you and man coverage, right? For the most where part, where you need to be. Sorry, isn't it more like I mean, more or less, just learning man coverage and zone coverage? Like your corners are going to take your man coverage more often than your your safeties. Your safeties are going to have to learn to come up and play with uh, 
matter of fact, I think uh, Eric Lee's comments were, you have to learn to come up and play with the big uglies. So maybe you expect yeah. a little more safety blitzes than you do cornerback blitzes. But, uh, I mean, I, I, to, to me, I, I was always more of a defensive line guy. I played defensive line. So, to me, it was more, I, I learned the, the trenches. I don't know what the hell they were doing back there because I was getting my ass kicked by the bigger guys. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, Eric I Lee just, is it's a guy that's not going to probably play much anyway. I, I disagree. I, I like Eric Lee. I mean, Eric Lee, you look at the depth of this cornerback, and I know we still have no, no Apollo Gates that's coming in that, you know, the coaches uh, said that he's going to come in and play corner. Um, that's where they're going to start him out at. And so you look at him coming in at corner – I, I think there is a role for Eric Lee this fall. I, I don't know how money reps. I don't know if it's 10 plays a game. But I think there is a role for Eric Lee this fall, and I think you will see him on the field. So so let me ask you this, Tyler. I mean, apparently uh, Noah Pula Gates, Miles Farmer, and Quentin Newsom are all coming in as cornerbacks. I mean, I know we all just sat here and kind of said we don't really know the defensive backs very well. Is the cornerbacks maybe the easier position to learn? Is that why they're bringing these freshmen in as cornerbacks to start? And then we're seeing some of the older guys come in and play safety? I I, I, I don't know about easy. I what, what I read into it, like corner versus safety, in my opinion, one of the biggest differences is safeties have to come in, in the box time to time and tackle a running back. So if, if you're going to pick, you know, a, you know, a, Quentin Newsom, him coming in, he's not a very big guy. Eric Lee's not huge, but Eric Lee's probably got 15 pounds on him. Definitely probably more muscle mass. I think you trust Eric Lee to come in and make that play a little bit more than a Newsom. That's what I would read into this, but, um, you know, I I don't know. I I don't know if I'd say it's easier, but I think the size would be the difference in muscle mass. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the overall offense. What excites you about this overall offense? Can, can we spring? real quickly just briefly point out the fact that punters are on this depth chart? Okay, <laughs> <Did you> notice. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? There were there were no shockers there. I mean, everybody knew that it was going to be Isaac Armstrong as the starter. And Caleb Lightborn and Jackson Walker is on the white team, and I mean, is that a shock? No, Absolutely but not. who's scholarship and who's not? Anybody okay. bet a nickel that Caleb Lightborn transfers after the spring? No, he won't. No, because most Division two schools have better punters than him. <laughs> no, because unless Frost pulls the kid's scholarship, he's not transferring. He ain't getting a scholarship anywhere else. Not, not with negative two-yard punts. And falling on your okay. ass. Oh, At least he team. kept that one on the field. <laughs> 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 All right. Hey, let's go to the overall offense here. What excites you, Tyler? You know, I I, um, I, I, I would have to say, I think the thing that, I, I don't know if excites me the most, the thing that I am most intrigued to see has to be our wide receivers. Uh, you, you know, I, I think we know J.D. Spielman is a starter. I, I don't know who else is going to be a starter this fall. And I think this is a game, you look at Cade Warner, you look at Mike Williams, you look at uh, Woodyard, you look at Andre Hunt. 
I, I, I expect to have a lot better picture of what our starting wide receivers are going to look like. It sucks Wandell's not out there. I, I think he could be a starter. I, I think I have Pitzel in as a starter, but that's not a guarantee. But I think you're going to get a better idea who our starting wide receivers are going to be this fall. Derek? You know, truthfully, I'm not finding much exciting about the offense right now. All the players that I truly want to see are sitting out. Mo Washington, I want to see him. He can't play because of his legal battles, and, and it's fine. I get it. Uh, you know, Tyler talked about the wide receivers, J.D. Spielman and Wondell Robinson. I mean, come on. All the fan, every fan here has been lo- looking forward to seeing Wondell Robinson, and now we're not going to see him. Uh, I think that's disappointing. So I don't know what I expect out of this offense. I We're going to run the ball a lot, but we don't have any running backs. So, I mean, Tyler, you talk about the running, the quarterbacks not running the ball. They may be the only ones that are able to do that. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I, I guess uh, can we take a step forward without our biggest guys not playing? I, I, I don't know how else to look at it. I, I'm way more excited to see if this – we'll get into the defense, but I'm way more excited about defense than I am offense for the spring game. Tyler, who's your spring game star on offense? I, I'm going to go Wyatt Missouri. I, I think you're going to see enough of him. I think he's done it in a couple spring games. I, I, I look for him to impress again on Saturday. Derek? Brody Belt. I think Brody Belt's going to get some carries. He's going to excite some people. I, I I think he'll do good things, but I just don't see him playing in the fall. But I think as far as the spring goes, I think he's going to be the – I think he's the uh, new white Missouri. He's going to be the guy everybody's going, oh, yeah, look at this kid. And he's a walk-on. It's a good story, and he's the best running back we got. And I don't know that that's well, true. It, it, he's going to look really good with that mismatch I was talking about <laughs> with offensive line and defensive line. Hey, my guy is uh, Tyler's guy, uh, Jamie Nance. I think Jamie Nance is going to be a guy that's poised for a great game. I think it sets up nicely for him. I think he's a younger guy that's going to get a lot of playing time throughout the game, and he's going to be matched up with uh, some of these uh, lesser uh, defensive backs. And I think it's we're going to get just as excited about this guy as we did Javon McQuitty. Hopefully he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't uh, look poorly when it comes down to the fall in the fall, but yeah, I, I think I like Jamie Nance in this game. Uh, defense, Derek, talk about this defense overall. Overall, this is this is look. We can the offense was was very good last year. We talked about the offense being good throughout the fall. I think the offense just needs to continue doing what they're doing. But the defense was atrocious through most of the season. Well, really, without the exception of uh, uh, Michigan State, who had the worst offense we probably faced all year. And maybe Troy, who uh, beat us, but they didn't have a very good offense either. Anyway, our, our defense looked really bad for the most part of, the, of last year. And it sounds like the defense has been owning this offense for the most for the better part of this spring. And uh, I'm excited to see, is this... Uh, and, of course, this is always the chicken and the egg thing, you know. Is the offense better or the defense better? Or does the offense really suck? You know, which one? But I want to see, does, does this defense really get better? I want 
like Tyler talked about, I want to see can this defensive line actually hold up to some of the hype that they're going through. Can this, can we get a little bit of linebacker depth with some of these walk-ons? Uh, defensive backs, can we create some turnovers? Uh, I think this defense has got to take, take a huge step forward, and I think this is a good time to get to see if they actually can. Tyler? You know, I, I got criticized a little bit when I made the comment that, you know, I expect our offense to take a step back this year. Um, and that has no way saying I think our offense is going to be bad. I still think our offense is going to be what leads this team. But, man, I, I'm so optimistic about what this defense is going to do in the step forward. And I think our defensive backs are going to be the leaders of this clubhouse. Um, I, I've turned that, but I think going into the spring game, I, I really look at that defensive line to see how they dominate. You know, I'm not confident with our backup and offensive line. I'm really not. You look at guys across the board. I, I really look for those red defensive lines to put pressure. Sorry, Luke McCaffrey. Sorry, Bunch. I, I don't expect you to have a lot of time. I, I don't want it. I want to see some mismatches there. I, I really want to see them get after the quarterback and dominate that line of scrimmage. For me, what I'm excited about about this defense is I want to see how much they've improved on their ability to cause turnovers. I really want to see a lot of turnovers. I want to see a lot of quarterback pressure. You know, the quarterbacks, they're going to have green jerseys. Uh, they can run a little bit, but you know what? I put put two hands on these guys. Let's let's see if we can get a, a sack that way. I, I really want to see that pressure because that's that's what we always talked about last year. You know, ability to get to the quarterback and turnovers. And I see your hands shooting up right now. Uh, but that's what I want to see, uh, Derek. You were first. I, I'm going to go back to the chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken thing. Like, okay, so if you see that pressure. Are you going to be that convinced that the defensive line is that much better, or are you going to be concerned about the offensive line? Well, the way that that's matched up, I mean, if our defensive front, if the red defensive front can't get that pressure, I'm going to be more worried. Uh, that I don't know. I think it's just the way the matchups, uh, if they can't get to it. If they can, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say that they're world beaters, but it's, it's something that we need to see. We didn't see it a lot last year, right? I we didn't, but I also said this: I don't want to see a lot of turnover. I, I'll tell you this much: if if the Reds pick off Bunchy and picks off McCaffrey a couple times, man, I'm not looking forward to that podcast afterwards. I already know this take. Go on, well, better play Vedral now. I mean, he's the only one out there not throwing three interceptions. Like we we know where this is going to go if they throw interceptions. I'm hoping. You know, the quarterbacks on the whites, they, they don't have a lot of weapons. They don't have a good line. I I, I I'm I don't know if I love this format that the coaches have put together. I'll I'll put that out there, maybe go a little rogue. I man, the the fact that they put what to me looks like the ones and twos together against the threes, I, I don't like that. I, I would like to have seen possibly the number one offense against the number one defense, or at least what I assume is the second defense. Yeah, yeah one's I, on whenever, twos. One's on twos. I get it, but when have we ever really seen that? I mean... Never, but why can't we? Because you don't want to risk injury. Like, I don't want my guys getting hurt. So, like, we've seen, It's not we've like seen, we haven't seen plenty of injuries throughout a spring games in the we've past. We've seen ones on ones in a spring game before. I think, didn't Pelini, uh 
was it Polini or was it Callahan that did the ones on ones? He had the ones and fours again. Well, those shoot, that was one year. Was uh, the ones and fours against two on twos and threes? But even if ones against twos is a better matchup than this, this is this is this is a bad matchup, guys. If we had to venture, you know what? At least they're still doing a spring game in a football for in a football format, like. Well, Kansas State's doing some like modified practice. I mean, Iowa completely canceled their spring game. Yeah, but that was because they're doing turf on the ground or something. Or yeah, that's because they're a bunch of chicken hawks. But look, look the, the point is, you know, it's going to be fun for the fans just to see these guys from a competitive standpoint. It's not going to be that competitive. It, it, if you had to guess what the score would be, what would you guess, Tatter? Forty-two to twenty. Really? Okay, Derek. I, I I don't know if I have a lot of faith in this defense. If we give up twenty to the Whites at this point, uh, I, I'm saying like forty-nine to seven. I think the Reds yeah. have to do at least destroy, just completely destroy this. Like this can't be a close game. Everybody's gonna have a lot of doubts if there's a, if this is a, even a three touchdown game. I'm going to sixty-three fourteen Red. That's what I'm going with. So let me ask you this: if 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 you see that type of blowout, are you going to be? Are we going to be on here saying, "Man, this team is legit"? Like, no. what? What would make? Let me let me pose it to you: if it is a closer game, would you feel better about the depth potentially that we have on this team? That, or are you just like, "Oh God, we're in trouble"? I, I don't know, but I tell you what, I will definitely have an answer for you next week when we reconvene. <laughs> This is what makes spring so fun because we're all going to re overreact. And something will happen that none of us expect, and we're all going to sit here and go, Whoa, Wyatt Mazur is going to be all American. How the hell does a spring game go to overtime? What? (laughs) Jacob Jacob Weinmaster is the best linebacker we've ever had. Oh, my God. That was the best take ever, Justin. (laughs) He wouldn't have retired, man. You guys, I'm telling you, if he had not retired. You guys would be seeing him as a number one in the spring game. Maybe. That's not saying much. I'm just I'll saying. I'll tell you this man. much. Yeah, if Derek were to go yeah. walk on right now in Nebraska, he could be in the top three at inside linebackers right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe. God, that's a – I tell you what, if our inside linebackers are in bad, bad shape if he's the top three inside linebackers. I mean, woo. All right. Hey, uh, it's time to get out of here. Can't wait for the spring game. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, it's time for last call. No topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call goes to Magic Johnson, the former president of basketball for the Los Angeles Lakers. For people that didn't catch it last night, he retired or stepped away from the posting, basically citing the fact that the job was actual work. He's like, I could be a mentor. I could go watch D-Wade. Nope, he was working. So, last call, congrats to you for absolutely sinking the Lakers and from completely backing down for LeBron James, who apparently runs the team. So, uh, kudos to you, Magic. Derek? This team was shit long before Magic got here. Don't blame it on him. He did what he was supposed to do. He got LeBron there, and then he realized what LeBron was and decided he didn't want to be around him either. Just like most of the players like Kyrie Irving don't want to be around him. Nobody likes LeBron. Go 
be an actor and shut up. I, the only thing I gotta say is, you know, he's he's Magic Johnson. You know, he he was there when the Lakers were great. They're not great anymore, guys. Why torture yourself? Why why go through the motions <laughs> when you don't have to? You're Magic Johnson. I'll go, go be a mentor to Serena uh, Williams, though, like he wants to. But uh, last call to you, Derek. All right, so uh, those dirty-ass Colorado Buffaloes are trying to pull a Penn State and trying to keep Nebraska fans out of their stadium. Uh, I'm calling for every Nebraska fan out there that can that can make it to that game, get a ticket however you can. I don't care how you do it. Just get a ticket and let's have a red out in that stupid Folsom field. It only holds about a whole 53,000 friggin' people anyway. Uh, I, I think it's funny. I think it's so awesome that Nebraska, as bad as Nebraska football has been over the last five years, that we still have enough brand name that people are scared that we're going to take over their stadium. I think that is awesome, and I, I, I congratulate all the Husker fans for being as awesome as they are. Tyler, you live in Denver. You making the trip? I will be up there. I will be tailgating, but I don't know if I'm getting in that stadium. I don't know if I'll pay two fifty for a ticket. Yeah, it's working. Th- those tickets are uh, going to be few and far to become between. They're serious about this, man. I, you walk around with your Husker stuff on right now. The Buffs, the Buffs are back in this rivalry right now. I, I miss the Big Twelve days right now. Well, what I don't understand is why are they trying to keep Nebraska fans out of their stadium? Who are they going to pour piss on and throw batteries at? If we're not there, I mean, are they just going to pour piss on each other? I mean, that's what those guys do. So it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, it's best not to go there anyway. Uh, all right, it's last call to me. Uh, I don't know which last call to do, but uh, since uh, it came out tonight that there's rumors that Doc Sadler may be joining the Nebraska ball staff as a third assistant, I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, what would you guys think about a former head coach joining Nebraska as an assistant coach, Tyler. Well, all I know is if Doc Sadler's back, we're going to be playing baseline to baseline, baby. That that's what he brings. Um, no, Doc Sadler was kind of a joke, um, but he is a big influence and has been around, uh, you know, Hoiberg. So I I don't know. I that'd be an interesting move. Maybe Mike Riley will come back to be a quarterbacks coach someday. <laughs> oh God. Derek, I'd rather see Bo Pelini come back and be a defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, this this seems like a bad idea to me. Why bring back a coach that didn't work out, even if it is just in an assistant role? I, it doesn't make sense to me. I really hope this isn't his power move here. I don't know. I, I don't really remember the Doc Siler years because they were so shitty. I didn't watch any of them. So I don't know. I don't know that bringing him back is the best idea. Well, Doc Sadler and Hoiberg—they're good friends. I understand. They're good friends, and they talk. So, I mean, if you're going to bring on somebody, I mean, you want to bring on somebody that you trust, right? Why not? I mean, I, I don't have anything against it. I, I would welcome him back uh, with open arms. I mean, yeah, he's a familiar face. It's a guy that, you know, I mean. I don't know. I don't know say trust because we don't want to trust him to lead the program. <laughs> but but yeah, no, that's, it, that's, it's that's good. Whole, good for him. I think that's the whole problem. Is as soon as something goes wrong in Nebraska basketball, everyone's going to go, "Yeah, because Doc Sadler's on the sidelines with Boyberg. Get his ass out of here. He already didn't work once." I just, um, think, I, I just think it brings too much animosity up. Just find your find some better hires. 
Okay. All right. Uh, well, let's get out of here. Here's a friendly reminder. The Masters is on this weekend. Love the Masters. Uh, quick picks. Who, who do you got winning it, Tyler? I got Rory. I think Rory's going to have a good round. Derek? Tiger. Yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for Tiger. I don't know if he'll win it, but I'm, I'm gunning for Tiger. Spieth, Spieth will be in the running. 14 to 1 odds for Tiger. Yep. I think Spieth will be up there. Can't count that guy out at Augusta. All right, guys, uh, let's get out of here. Uh, I'll be talking to you guys right during the spring game, I'm sure. So super excited. Uh, be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Uh, our episodes can be found everywhere to include Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. We appreciate any and all feedback, and please share our episodes. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. <laughs>